Welcome to the HitchedMag.com podcast. So hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. And today is the first time we've ever done this. We have a new expert on the line with me. I'm now joined with Dr. Trina Reed. Hi, Trina. Hi, Steve. And today we are uh, shifting gears from what we normally do on the podcast, but this will become a regular thing. Uh, we are going to talk about the sex life of married couples. Um, so Trina, first uh, to get things started, would you briefly introduce yourself and your background? Oh, sure. Um, I am from Canada. I'm Canadian. Um, but I took my schooling in San Francisco. I have a doctorate of human sexuality. And since completing that doctorate, I've traveled all over pretty much the world talking to women about how to have fun and meaningful sex. So I do a lot of uh, writing, a lot of speaking, and, and basically I'm a, I'm a sex educator. That's what I do for a living. Okay, and for Hitched, uh, Trina contributes the sexpert column that you find in the sex section, um, which is always getting the most, if not one of the most, amounts of traffic on our website. So Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's a very popular, popular uh, topic. Um, so uh, let's get started here, okay? Um, yeah. I have a, a very simple question that um, I think a lot of people are interested in, and I know when this article went up on our website, it did uh, very well in traffic which is uh, how much sex is normal? Let me first ask, uh, is there an average amount of sex that long-term long couples uh, have? Well, Steve, I would say of the top five questions I get from couples, it would be, what's the average amount of sex a couple is having? And they're always so disappointed when I say there is no average to a long-term couple's sex life simply because there's there's so many variables that go into one person's life and you and you mix that with two people coming together and and when you take a look at the dynamics of a relationship at any given point it's it's unrealistic to say that uh, a couple has to have uh, sex X amount of times per week. It's just not realistic. Now, if you take a look at a lot of sex experts say, you know, do your best to have sex once a week. And there's a lot of validity to having sex once a week. But I, I would caution couples that it's wrong to think that when, when they take a look at their relationship over the long term, 10, 20, 30 years, that they will be able to sustain an average amount of sex per week, per month, per year. Okay, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Do you know if there's a reason why couples want to measure their sexual happiness against other people's measurements? I think, I think people are just hardwired that, you know, what are the Joneses doing? And are we keeping up with the Joneses? Are we average? Are we normal? Um, I find that when couples are in uh, conflict with one another, uh, a big a big thing for couples is that as soon as things start going downhill, their their sex life goes sideways as well. And, you know, usually one person wants sex more than the other. And this is where when they go and, and they hear surveys, pop culture surveys, saying the average couple's having sex once a week, they look at their partner and say, you see, other people are having sex once a week. We're not sexually normal. You don't want sex with me, so I'm going to make you wrong for this, and, and we're going to get into a, 
a very difficult bonding pattern. So a bonding pattern is simply um, somebody does something and the partner reacts in a certain way. So uh, one partner initiates sex and the other partner rejects that partner. So that's a, that's a negative bonding pattern that happens. And I just think uh, couples, a lot of times, because sex ebbs and flows like the rest of life, couples don't trust themselves to say, this is what feels good in our marriage at this point right now. So even though last month we were having sex twice a week, this month with all the things going on in our life with the, you know, the kids and there's been an upheaval, we didn't get sex this month. So why, why, is, why is the sex so erratic? So if we take a look at what the average couple's doing, then we have a, a measuring stick. And I think that's why people tend to look at other couples and what they're doing in their sex life. Okay. Now, with that, is is there any kind of amount of time that should spark a red flag, like we aren't having enough sex? I mean, is it, if, if it's gone one or two or three or four months, should then the issue need to be addressed? Yeah, that's a great question, Steve. Um, I would say, in general, for couples, not every couple, yeah. but in general for couples, it's it's very much like a bell curve. So, our, so bell curve... On one end are, are excesses, in the middle is, is the majority of time. So 10% of a couple's, we're, we'll say married, but you know, a long-term couple's relationship, 10% of that relationship, uh, they, they will have absolute and ultimate connected sex where they look at each other in the eyes and they're just running to the bedroom and can't wait to tear their clothes off. It's just that kind of great sex. Now, 80% of the time, it's what I call maintenance sex. So it's just keeping up, you know, going through your day, and, and this is where having making sure you have sex once a week is very important because you've got to keep the momentum up. Mm-hmm. And 10% of the time, uh, couples just won't be able to have sex. So, uh, you know, you've just had a baby. The first year after baby comes with all the upheaval, it's just not realistic to think about having sex you know, two or three or four times a week after baby. Some couples, of course, are going to do that. But it's just not a realistic expectation. So I would say that when you're in the, you know, the 80%, mm-hmm. um, that is when you have to say, what type of sex habits are we forming here? Because what a lot of couples do is when they are in the negative 10%, when they're in the upheavals of life, when they're going through a promotion or a kid or whatever, and they're not having sex, they start creating poor sex habits. And they just, they don't know how to initiate sex back into the relationship. They don't know how to stop that habit from becoming a rut. So I would say that, um, you know, when when you are in one of those patches, to be really cognizant that when you when you finish that time when the baby's a year old, to you've got to reconnect with your partner because you're going back into the eighty percent. So, to answer your question in a very to answer your very short question with yeah. a very long answer, yeah. uh, it, it's just taking a look at what's going on in your life, and how sex fits into it. Are you in the ten percent where we're going to have sex like? Bunnies or eighty percent we're just maintaining, or ten percent we're in a we're in a bad patch right now, and and make sure that the sex is suitable to what's going on in your life. Okay, and when one partner wants more sex than the other, uh, is there anything that they can do to initiate that? Yeah, you know, differences in libido 
has sparked so many books that I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you how many books. But the one thing I tell couples is usually it's never a difference in libido. It has very little to do with, usually, not always, but when you meet somebody who is a good mate for you, generally we attract a person who has about the same libido sexual drive as we do. However, when you let other extraneous things come into the relationship, like poor communication, so if you've set up poor communication with sex between the two of you, or um, you don't discuss the negative 10%, the upheavals that are going on in your life, when you don't deal with the negative stuff around the sex properly, it usually starts to build a, a negative bonding pattern towards sex, and it usually affects one partner. And, and something else I want to say here, Steve, is it's a misnomer that it's only women who ever don't want the sex. It's only ever women who are usually the ones that are rejecting the male partner. It's about 50-50 where um, 50% of the time men have a, a more sexual desire in the relationship and 50% of the time it's the women who have a higher desire in the relationship. So it can go both ways. But I'm my point is a lot of times sexual desire, having one person in the couple who has a higher sexual desire, it has very little to do with the differences in libido and and more to do with the outside stuff of lack of communication, built-up resentment, that sort of stuff. And you have to work through that before you can get your sex life back on track. Okay, that sounds like great advice. Um, well, I think that'll wrap up the first segment for us here, Trina. I really appreciate your time. Oh, no, it's been, it's fun, Steve. It's okay. fun. Always fun talking about sex. Yeah, right? For everybody else out there, you can go to bestsextipsever.com uh, to learn more from Dr. Trina Reed. Uh, her book coming out in February called Till Sex, Do Us Part, um, Super Busy Women Can Love Sex After Marriage. For everybody else out there, we will be back uh, next week. And uh, the following week after that, we will be once again joined with uh, Trina. So thank you very much, Trina. And we'll talk Thanks, to you Thanks, Steve. Okay, bye now. Bye. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.